host, Amanda Dave. I'm podcasting from the home of the College World Series in Warren Buffett, Omaha, Nebraska. This is a pediatrician and training podcast. It is a resource for medical students and residents, and I'm your host. This podcast will cover high-yield topics, as well as interviews with pediatricians and pediatrics of specialists. I'm a first-year pediatrics resident at the University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha. I went to Tulane University in New Orleans for my undergraduate degree, and I received my medical degree from Creighton University School of Medicine. I just wanted to put up a brief disclaimer on these podcasts. So this, the information presented in this, blog, in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be construed as medical advice. This is general information and is not patient-specific. This information is not guaranteed to be correct, complete, or current. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm using this as an educational tool for myself and for you guys, and I'll be presenting topics after I research them and kind of discussing them from there. Okay, so let's get started in talking about esophageal caustic injury today. So the way I like to think about this is that sometimes stuff in the cabinets or the closets or the garage might be funny colors and kids might like to think that it's liquids. That's a lot of the times what young kids will do in terms of esophageal caustic ingestions. So they'll drink something that looks pretty cool, like antifreeze, which got that color to it. Uh, so 50% of these cases occur in kids less than six of age. Boys are greater than girls in childhood, but in adolescence that flips, so girls are more likely than boys to drink this due to intentional suicide attempts. 20% of caustic ingestions result in esophageal injury. So once again, I'm just gonna review, so it's mostly young kids and 50% are in kids less than six years of age. So either acids or alkalis, acids or bases, can induce pylorospasm, which can cause pooling and damage to the gastric antrum. Acids have rapid esophageal transit, which can cause damage to the esophagus and the stomach. Some examples of these include swimming pool cleaners, toilet bowl cleaners, metal cleaners, rust removers, automotive batteries, drain cleaners. This can cause, with esophageal damage, it can cause esoph uh, coagulation necrosis as well as S-car formation. For alkalis or bases, this can cause liquefactive necrosis and gangrene. Some examples of cleaners and agents that can be consumed and cause these injuries include glass cleaners, toilet bowl cleaners, hair dyes, detergents, button batteries, oven cleaners, and bleaches. Something that's become more popular in the adolescent population recently is the consumption of gel pods or Tide Pods. Uh, this is much more likely to cause esophageal injury just because of the concentration of the product and it's included in those pods. Other common complications with the consumption of Tide Pods include contact dermatitis and corneal injury. So these pods are just small and comfortable and colorful, so they look kind of like candy. In 2002, there was a safety warning put out about it and on high, a high alert was established in 2018 for this. Um, it used to be thought that it was just gonna be little kids getting to it, but teenagers have been consuming these products and making YouTube videos. It's a challenge on social media, so just be aware of that. And remember, you always wanna take a good history and kind of ask what the parent thinks, parent or guardian thinks the kid has been exposed to. This, in the younger kids, will probably give you a lot more information rather than just like asking the kid over and over what they drink. Whereas their mouth hurts, they're screaming, they're crying, they may be bleeding from the mouth and they will not be able to tell you necessarily what's going on. Signs and symptoms of a kid that presents to the clinic or emergency department and has ingested something will include searing or burning pain of the mouth and lips, drooling, difficulty swallowing. They may also have strider, dysphonia, some, some sternal or back pain or bleeding. Now, what imaging are you gonna do? You'll probably get a chest X-ray and this will show concomitant aspiration. 
You can also do contrast radiography with water-soluble medium. When we go into the discussion of the different grades of injuries, a contrast radiography with water-soluble medium will throw, show grade 3 injuries. You can also do laryngoscopy and endoscopy in terms of diagnostic procedures. Okay, so let's take a second and discuss the grading of these injuries. The degree of injury can be graded similar to that of thermal skin burns and will hold similar prognostic implications. Okay, so if it's grade zero, that's normal. Grade one is mucosal hyperemia and edema. Grade two A is mucosal hemorrhage, exudate, superficial ulceration, slothing, and pseudomembrane formation. Grade two B is the same as two A plus deep, discrete, or circumferential ulcerations. Grade three A has deep ulcerations and necrosis, as well as massive hemorrhage, obliteration of the lumen, charring, and perforation. And grade three B has extensive necrosis. The biggest things in initial management is stabilization and supportive care. So you want to make sure that you're preventing vomiting, choking, and aspiration. The induction of vomiting is contraindicated because that can lead to additional injury. So you don't want to like make the kid puke more if that gastric contacts come into contact with the esophageal mucosa and the acid or alkali is just going to make the situation worse. So also on that same note, attempts to dilute or neutralize the caustic agent, administration of charcoal or gastric lavage are not recommended. Um, this is not recommended because there's concern of additional damage from heat injury during the neutralization process, right? Because it creates an exothermic reaction. And then the use of diluting agents such as milk or water is not recommended because it's not really sure what the safety and efficacy of these products are. I would always recommend in situations where you're not sure, just call poison control and they can also give you some uh, further suggestions. And then... For asymptomatic patients, you'll just kind of monitor them and observe for several hours to make sure that they're able to tolerate PO fluid intake as well as their overall status. This might be in a kid that has ingested like a powdered caustic agent rather than a liquid agent. They could have later presentation of symptoms, so you just still want to monitor them for a few hours. Now, if kids are symptomatic, they need to be admitted and monitored pretty closely. Uh, so if they had a grade one injury, you'll admit for 24 to 48 hours. And if it's more severe than that grade one injury, you're going to admit to the PICU probably for following and monitoring. Now, if the kid's emergent, uh, you're going to make them NPO, so no, nothing by mouth. You're going to do proper fluid resuscitation and nutritional support through TPN, as well as pain management. Now, if the kid has a grade 2B or 3 burn, as we discussed before, you're going to insert an NG tube under direct visualization. Uh, it shouldn't be inserted blindly because you can cause perforation or additional injury with the uh, introduction of the tube. Some complications to look out for that are more later complications include stricture formation. So if a kid has a grade 2B or a 3 injury, they're more likely to develop a stricture, as well as patients with severe gastric injury can also develop pyloric stenosis. So if a kid develops a stricture, uh, esophageal dilatation is usually required to maintain or reestablish normal swallowing. So in kids that have had grade 2B or 3 ingestions, you should evaluate them in like two to three weeks with a barium swallow to evaluate for stricture formation. All right, so just a quick review. Uh, the major things that will cause esophageal caustic ingestions in kids are the consumption of household products, including cleaners, toilet bowl cleaners, antifreeze, things like that. Uh, the other thing that's really common now and has become more popular in social media for adolescents is the consumption of Tide Pods, so be on the lookout for those. Those are bright and colorful, and kids like to make YouTube videos with themselves eating them. In terms of workup, you're going to ask if uh, the kid has ingested anything, as well as, that, as ask the parents, and look for pain symptoms in the oropharynx, as well as dysphagia. Remember that we do not recommend 
induction of vomiting, this is contraindicated, as well as attempts to neutralize or dilute the caustic agent, administration of charcoal and gastric lavage are not recommended. Okay, I think that's it for today. Thank you guys for sticking with me. This has been a pediatrician training. We've discussed esophageal caustic injury. Now, if you guys have any questions, comments, or suggestions for podcasts, please feel free to email at amandamerildave at gmail.com.